BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Seidel and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The Ace of Podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Dobbin here solo this week on today's show. I will review night one of Super Junior Tag League preview fighting spirit unleashed and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, prowrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. Frequently updated and features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and share plus, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPWWorld.com. 
to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. So like you heard in the intro, I am solo this week. Uh, young boy is back in town, but uh, he's feeling under the weather, feeling uh, pretty sick right now, not able to uh, record this evening. So uh, our prayers out to the young boy, and hopefully he will be uh, feeling well and be on the show next week. But uh, not to fear, uh, I'm here to, to keep the, the train running on the tracks. Uh, another episode of Keeping It Strong Style, making sure we continue our our weekly episodic reign here as the longest-running weekly episodic New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode 308 this week. Uh, so we got Super Junior Tag League to talk about Fighting Spirit Unleashed, a lot of news about Will Ospreay's Contract status, uh, always a lot of stuff going on here in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I'll kick things off uh, talking about a Super Junior Tag League, the road to power struggle. So we had night one of the tour that kicked off this past weekend, October 21st. Uh, Show opened up with some non-tournament matches. So show started up, we had uh, the United Empire team of Callum Newman, Great Okan, and Hanare defeating Ren Narita, Shota Umino, and Yuto Nakashima, 9 minutes and 31 seconds. So a couple things at play here, we're starting to see uh, Narita and Umino team up after the draw from the best of seven series that Team Nagata and Team Strongstyle had last month. So we saw at the end of that series, these guys showed their respect for each other, and now they've been starting to team with each other on these tours. So Narita and Umino getting a chance to team here again, and it does seem like these guys will be potentially penciled in for World Tag League. Uh, Chris Charlton kind of hinted to that on commentary as well. Uh, And so uh, I think that's kind of a a good thing for them, Uh, get them in World Tag League, get them something to do, uh, could be a spot for them on the Wrestle Kingdom card if they were to win World Tag League. So it'll be interesting to see where this story plays out between Umino and Narita. And of course, uh, Yuto Nakashima, Young Lion, also trying to get some reps in, try to get ready to go on excursion. And then on the United Empire side, we have uh, some guys that are getting ready for some big matchups. So Hanare is going to be challenging Eddie Kingston for the strong open weight championship coming up this weekend, Fighting Spirit Unleash. And also, it was announced last week that the great Ocon will be taking on AEW's John Moxley at Power Struggle on November 4th. So, two big matches coming up for these guys from the UE. So, of course, they're trying to build some momentum, pick up some, uh, you know, good vibes, as, as the kids like to say, uh, going into their big matchups. And, of course, you have Callum Newman, the Prince of Pace, or the, yeah, the Prince of Pace. He is um, still on the tour here, getting his reps in. He is, you know, quote-unquote, the the young lion of the United Empire. So he, he looked good in this match here as well. Good opening matchup here. Uh, great Ocon gets the win with the... Uh, Arm triangle choke on Yuto Nakashima. So United Empire guys, they get the win here, uh, building up momentum. So big win for them as Okan, as I said, gets ready to face Moxley, and Hanare gets ready to face Eddie Kingston. 
Then after that, we had the Just Five Guys team of Sonata and Yuya Uemura defeating Bolton Oleg and Oscar Lube, 8 minutes and 4 seconds. Uh, Sonata and Yuya Uemura, they have a team tag team match coming up this weekend, uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Uemura, the newest member of Just Five Guys, starting to see uh, him and Sonata working more together and kind of an interesting piece that we really didn't touch on with uh, Yamora coming back. He did say in the, his uh, backstage comments after uh, Rio Goku that one of the kind of uh, stipulations for him joining just five guys is that he would want singles matches with the rest of the members. Um, I don't know when those matches will happen, but it seems at some point that we're going to get Yuya running the gauntlet against Sonata, Doki, Taichi, and uh, Taka, the rest of his uh, stablemates there. And, yeah, you know, he's trying to, to build a name for himself, not trying to be just the fifth guy. So that's a, a very interesting thing there. And um, I seem to mention that the relationship between Sonata and Yuomura kind of grew when Sonata was doing some impact dates a few months ago. His gear got stolen. Yuomura let him borrow his wrestling boots, and from there, that was kind of when the start of the talks between Sonata and Yuromora happened for uh, Yuya to come in and be the fifth member here of uh, Just Five Guys. Uh, these guys uh, worked really good here together. This was their first time uh, ever tagging together. And, of course, uh, Oleg showing a lot of fire as well here in this matchup, as well as Oscar Lube. Uh, I know everybody has their eyes set on uh, Bull, uh, Bolton Oleg, but for me, man, I, I I see something special with Oscar Lube. Uh, there's just a lot of fire, uh, a lot of fighting spirit, um, and a guy his size, man, he is so athletic. The way he's bouncing off the ropes and taking some of these moves, his selling is so good for a big guy. And, you know, traditionally in wrestling, guys his size are not doing a lot of bumping. They're not doing a lot of running or, or selling. Uh, they're usually given a lot of offense. And so the fact that he's seems to be so athletic and so dynamic at this point in his career, I think screams good things for him. Um, I, I think if I'm, if I'm Oscar Lube, I'm, I'm watching all the, the Gunther slash Walter tapes. There are uh, I'm studying that style. I think uh, Drew McIntyre is another good guy that he could uh, watch tape of to really kind of hone his craft and hone, hone his style as a, as a big man who can move and fly around in the ring. Uh, but yeah, the Young Lions, they look good, but their their efforts were thwarted here from the Just Five Guys team. Yuya hits a uh, top rope cross body on Oscar, and then his uh, over uh, double overhook uh, belly-to-belly suplex, which he calls the deadbolt suplex, hits that, gets the bridge, one, two, three, he gets the win here. Uh, Yuomura, they mentioned on commentary that he's been studying a lot of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which I can definitely tell with his arm drags, the, the high cross body. Um, he, he's looking really good. I think, yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is a great guy for, for Yuya to study, and he's been implementing a lot of the, those trademark uh, Ricky the Dragon moves, and it's been looking great here. So uh, after that matchup, we had uh, Aaron Hanare joining Chris Charlton on commentary. And that led us to the third match of the evening. We had the LIJ team of Hiromu Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito 
Defeating the Bullet Club team of Gato and Taiji Ishimori, 8 minutes and 11 seconds. Um, so, obviously, this is a, a preview match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title matches coming up at Power Struggle. Hiromu Takahashi continues his quest to break the defense record as he will defend against the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori. Obviously, there is a... Uh, you know, a, a lot of history. Uh, there's a big rivalry between Hiromu and Taiji dating back to Taiji making his way into the promotion. I believe that was 2018. Um, so these guys have kind of been feuding on and off since then, have had a lot of Super Juniors matches, a lot of title matches. So this will be the next chapter in their rivalry happening at Power Struggle. Ishimori returning from injury. Uh, laying out Hiromu at the Destruction and Rio Goku show a couple weeks ago. Um, so now, now Ishimura kind of finally back in the mix here. Uh, first preview tag for these guys. I mean, these, these guys have great chemistry. Um, you, know, you don't really, quote-unquote, need a preview match for these guys. Like the, I think these guys know each other pretty well. and We kind of know what a Hiromu and Ishimori match looks like at this point. Uh, but obviously, this is the way New Japan do things. You, you do your preview matches. And, yeah, I think the, the big question here is, you know, is Hiromu going to be able to beat Ishimori and continue on this quest to break the defense record? So I believe that the defense record is at 12 defenses, and Hiromu is uh, he's currently at V6. So if he defeats Ishimori, he'll be V7. So... He's halfway there. He still has quite a ways to go, and which is what has been a very lengthy title reign. Um, and it's been very interesting. It seems like there's been a, a ton of long title reigns all throughout the wrestling world between New Japan, AEW, WWE. I'm sure there are other promotions out there that have these champions that are, are, are breaking long reigns and We've been having a discussion about this in uh, the Largo Loop group chat. A uh, friend of the show, Rich Latta. What's up, Rich? Uh, you know, he he's uh, he's sick of it. He's sick of the long title reigns. Uh, you know, he's sick of everybody having to, to break defenses and break records. And everybody has these super long reigns. And on one hand, I kind of agree with him. It, you know, it doesn't make it special when you have everybody on your roster with these super long, lengthy title reigns, it kind of makes them all blend together. Um, I think if you're going to do it, you, you have one guy that is having the long reign, the long defense record, and then everybody else, you, you kind of give shorter reigns. Not saying you have to hot potato uh, titles, uh, but I think there is a, a fine balance between uh, wanting to establish credible champions and um, and hot potatoing. I, I think you can do. There's there's a healthy in between that you can do for reigns. You can give a guy a you know a three four month title reign. Uh, we don't need everybody that you know to go a year two years and try to recreate some of these like Hogan esque title reigns from the 80s. Um, but you know this is this is the story that they've been telling with Romu all year. But it it has been a long story and. You know, for me, the thing I don't get is, you know, he's done a lot of matches outside of New Japan, uh, other Japanese promotions. They had the whole All-Star Junior Festival weekend. He's had plenty of opportunity to add up more defenses to make the story 
move a little bit faster, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but for whatever reason, they've opted not to do any defenses outside of New Japan, uh, outside of any New Japan U.S. shows. So it does make it seem like this reign has been super long. I was a little shocked when uh, Charlton said he was only at V6 because, uh, you know, he, he's held the belt pretty much all year. And so it, it feels like at this point he would be a little bit closer to uh, breaking the defense record. Um, so this was a, you know, fine standard uh, preview matchup here. Uh, Naito uh, hits a uh, tornado DDT on Gato to get the win here. And, um, you know, Naito, he's also on his way to January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom. His date is set with Sonata for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So, a win here for him. He continues to uh, build momentum heading into January 4th. And so, with the that last match, that took us to the... Uh, Super Junior Tag League matches on this card. So the first Tag League match, we had Catch 2-2. That's the team of Francisco, Akira, and TJP. They defeated the TMDK team of Kosei, Fujita, and Robbie Eagles, the Ichiban Sweet Boys. So this is uh, Kosei, Fujita, uh, first match back in Japan. Uh, since his excursion in Australia with Robbie Eagles. Uh, they did a whole tour throughout Australia, Ichiban Sweet Boys, picking up wins all over the place, all over uh, Australia. So some really good stuff there. I hope some tape comes out uh, of some of their matches and check some of that stuff out. But first time for them to team in New Japan proper, first time for Vegeta, Vegeta being back uh, since teaming with Eagles, and he... Came back with a little bit of a uh, different look. He had the uh, the dyed uh, blonde hair. He had the kind of the razor uh, blade and the, the eyebrows. He had some piercings. So definitely kind of embracing the you know the the young punks quote unquote look of uh, TMDK. Uh, kind of looking very similar to kind of a, a Robbie Eagles vibe. So really seems to really went under Robbie's wings in his time in Australia. Uh, so he came out big pop for him. Crowd always loves to see uh, young lions come back, and uh, so I think the question here for Fujita is: Is he a hundred percent graduated? I mean, he's no longer wearing the, the fully black trunks. You know, he has uh, the TMDK logo on the trunks. He has the Japanese flag. He, uh, you know, he has the, the longer dyed hair now. The piercing. So he's definitely has more of a look that. Distinguish himself from other young lions, but is he is he fully graduated? We haven't really got that distinction yet. I mean, they're they're throwing up the TMDK logo on his nameplate, um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is going to be a situation where it's like uh, Kevin Knight last year and on the, on this tour where he got his full graduation uh, after uh, teaming up with Kushida for a few matches and graduated in the middle of the tournament in the middle of the tour. Um, and, you know, fully embraced, you know, being a full, you know, roster member, no longer a uh, young lion. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this tournament plays out, how if Vegeta picks up any wins. Um, unfortunately, he uh, did not pick up the the win here um, in this matchup, even though he had a very uh, good performance here. 
But the the Ichiban Sweet Boys could not just match the uh, the experience of the former champions of Catch Two Two. We saw a lot of their great double team maneuvers, hitting that uh, X Factor face plant. TJP hits the Mamba Splash for a great near fall, and then they hit the knee knee, which is that front and back running knee strikes to pin Fujita. Really good matchup. I really enjoy watching the catch 2-2 team. I think Akira and TJP, they have um, very quickly become a great team and great chemistry. They know each other so well. They're always in the right place at the right time, and they're a fun team to watch. Like I said last week uh, when we were previewing the tournament when I was on with uh, Suit, um, I think catch two two. They they have to be one of the favorites to win this whole thing. Former tag team champions. Uh, they had the, the big match at Wrestle Kingdom last year, uh, defending against Leo Rush and Yo. Uh, so you know these are the, kind of the established teams of the junior division right now, and I highly expect them to you know be like six and three, seven and two in this thing, and be in the finals. Uh, but Ichiban Sweet Boys looked good. Um, Vegeta looked really good. Robbie Eagles always <laughs> looks good. That guy is so smooth in the ring. Um, so not the best start for for the Ichiban Sweet Boys, but uh, they did look good here, and I'm sure they will continue to build chemistry, momentum, and uh, will pick up some wins later on in this tournament and catch 2-2. Uh, they pick up two points and uh, get a good start for themselves on this tour. Uh, we did have some questions here uh, from at the quick underscore man alt says, who do you want to see win the Super Junior Tag League? If it's not Ichiban Sweet Boys, explain yourselves. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, love Robbie Eagles. If you haven't already, check out our interview we did with him uh, a few months ago. Uh, Robbie's awesome. Uh, Fujita's great. Uh, Ichiban Sweet Boys looking really good as a team here. Um I mean, I, I would be happy to see those guys win the tournament. I, I think it'd be really cool and get those guys in the Tokyo Dome uh, facing off against War Dogs. But like I said, I, I just feel like catch 2-2. I feel like they're going to to win this thing, and uh, we'll see a rematch between them and the, the War Dogs. Uh, next question here from at 50ML Mafia. So Vegeta is the future junior ace, right? I thought he looked incredible yesterday. Yeah, uh, Vegeta, he, he looked great. He had the crowd reaction. You know, he was hitting um, some Hurricane Radas and some Tope. So he was he was flying all over the ring, uh, springboard, drop kick. So, yeah, he looked great. He was flying around. Um, he's definitely somebody that um, can be a future star in this junior division. Um, I think I'd love to see more of what he can do in um, a single setting, um, see what that would look like, see him mix it up with guys like uh, Hiromu and, and Yo and Desperado, some of the top guys of the division. But, yeah, I think there's a, a bright future for Vegeta in the junior division. And I think being teamed up with TMDK, you know, learning a lot from Robbie and, and Zach and Nichols and Haste, it's going to be really good for him and really kind of establish him and, Something that uh, they did point out on commentary, and I noticed too in the match that, you know, pre the Australia excursion, uh, Fujita was wrestling more like Zach, you know, doing a lot of more submission holes, going for, you know, the, the European clutch and some of 
the other of uh, you know Zach's you know wacky roll ups and submissions, and then um, coming back now from the Australia excursion, Vegeta was wrestling more like Robbie Eagles. We saw more high flying here, uh, more um, just kind of the limb work, you know, dropping into the knees, kind of the stuff that Robbie does to set up the the Ron Miller special. Um, so yeah, there's a lot more kind of that junior style, more kind of the influence from Eagles than the the Zack Saber influence, which which would be pretty cool that to have. And I think that if I'm Vegeta, I would do a, a mix of both of that stuff. You know, throw in the high flying stuff, and then also every once in a while throw in those holes that he that he learned from Saber. And then uh, next question here from MJ does PR. He says, "What a reception for the number one sweet boy." Eh? Yeah, like I said, yeah, Vegeta, great reception, and uh, I'm curious to kind of hear what the his Corkin uh, pop's going to be like because uh, it'll be his first time back in Corkin Hall tomorrow um, and, and Wednesday. So I'm sure he'll get a, a big reaction there as well, and it'll be fun to see him uh, competing in Corkin in this tournament. So then we move on to the next match up here. We had the intergalactic jet setters, Kevin Knight and Kushida, picking up their first two points of the tournament as they defeated the just five guys team of Doki and Taka Michinoku in 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, another good matchup here. Um, Kevin Knight and Kushida looking to Get back on their winning ways. Former junior tag team champions. Like I mentioned last year during the tournament, um, Kevin Knight was a young lion. He graduated on the tour, teaming with Kushida. They've done a lot of work together in the the LA Dojo, and they've done some um, indie days together. They spent a lot of time uh, in Impact Wrestling uh, this summer as well, teaming together. These guys have really built up their their chemistry and their uh, tag team tandem maneuvers so they're always a, a fun team to watch I mean Kevin Knight this guy is always you know jumping through the roof and jumping all over the place so a lot of great high-flying maneuvers from Kevin Knight in this matchup but to me I, I really think that the star of this matchup was Taka Michinoku the, the legend <laughs> uh, this guy went out here and you know you don't always see Taka a lot in um, big matches he's not really doing a ton of stuff he's usually more uh, uh managing more of the mouthpiece side of things but um i thought he looked really good here in this match um he was really fired up really motivated here um you know he had the the blue uh kind tie colors on here um kind of reminiscing you know back to you know his, his prime um and there was one point in the match where uh he was trying to get the the count out victory uh over kushida uh, threw him into the wall, and then he made a beeline. Uh, he, he put him in the, the face lock, and then he uh, put a, then he made a beeline to the ring. But Kashida made it back, of course, right before uh, twenty seconds here. Uh, but then, yeah, more back and forth action uh, in the ring. Kevin Knight hit the the sky high on Taka, then a springboard uh, cross body block, then a plancha to the floor at Doki. Then uh, Kushida got on the, the hoverboard submission on Taka, and Taka had no choice but to just tap out. Uh, 
but yeah, he, he looked really good here. He had a lot of great uh, near falls, great near submissions. He had that that just face lock on on Kushida for a while there, but uh, they were just not able to to match the the tandem, the the, the experience of Kushida and Knight teaming together. The the former tag team champions, the Jet Setters. So they pick up the win here. They get their first two points. And it might be a tough go for uh, Doki and Taka points-wise, but when it comes to in the ring, Doki always kills it. And, and from this first matchup, Taka looks really motivated. He's in great shape, and I, I think he wants to have a really good tournament here. So I think they'll be a, a fun team to watch. Moving on to the next match, we had El Desperado and Master Wato defeating Risuke Taguchi and the DKC, 10 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, so another um, kind of an oddball pairing that was created from the best of seven between Team Strong Style and Team Nagata. But unlike Narita and Umino, who kind of both agreed to want to team together, Desperado does not seem very happy to team with Master Wato, they came out here initially to Master Wato's theme music. Desperado came out second. He had none of that. He did not want to come out to Wato's music. Told the the music director to cut the music, play his music, and they they played his music and walked to the ring. So uh, we're kind of getting the more of the can they coexist vibes here between uh, Desperado and Wato. Uh, I, I don't think Desperado fully <laughs> respects uh, Master Wato after the uh, best of seven series here. So I think Wato is going to have to continue to earn Despi's respect on this tour uh, throughout this tournament. Um, but those guys, they uh, they defeated DKC and Taguchi here and uh, picked up a win. So even though we kind of have this oddball pairing, uh, they did work uh, really well here together and uh, got their win. DKC, first time back in Japan in a while. Um, he's been spending a lot of time at the uh, LA Dojo, the, the New Japan Academy. He's a, one of the trainers for the beginner classes. So uh, he's done a lot of stuff here in the States. He's done some indie stuff. And then, uh, of course, Taguchi has been around. New partner here for Taguchi. Uh, we've seen Taguchi team of several different uh, partners over the years in these junior tag team tournaments. Um, and so seeing him here team up with DKC, uh, you know, Taguchi kind of trying to fit in with uh, DKC, throwing some uh, karate poses and chops here throughout the match. And, uh, you know, the coach, Taguchi, is trying to teach DKC the playbook. And, he, you know, he's doing all his uh, his plays and trying to teach uh, DKC how to do his stuff. And uh, it, it seemed like the DKC got it, um, but... Unfortunately, um, some of their time just wasn't right there. Uh, Despi uh, shoving DKC, DKC's face into Gucci's butt into the corner. Of course, you, you're, you're going to get that that kind of humor, and, and you know you know what it is when uh, Taguchi is in the ring. Um, but yeah, a fine matchup here. Uh, towards the end, Wato hit uh, spin kick, and he hit his uh, German suplex. I do not know how to correctly. Pronounce the name of his version of the German suplex, but it's that very high angle, uh, high bridge uh, German suplex. So uh, got the win there. So 
Uh, I think the more uh, Watto picks up the wins, maybe he will earn Despy's respect throughout this tournament, and uh, we can see these guys. Maybe they'll they'll end up winning. Uh, you got you know the Super Junior winner and a former Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, this could be the the makings of a, a team that could win this thing. Um, and we had a question here from MJ Does PR. He says, "Do you think we'll see more?" Of the DKC in Japan, or is this just a thank you for your service? Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, DKC was a part of that original LA dojo um, set of guys. You know, Kevin Knight, Coglin, Connors, um, Gabe Kidd. Um, also, he kind of came in. It was Kevin Knight kind of came in after that first class, but they were still kind of considered a part of that. Original LA Dojo group He he went under the Shibata training And the rest of those guys All have spots You know most of the Dojo guys are all in uh, The Bullet Club War Dogs And uh, Kevin Knight um, You know he's their regular tag team Partner with Kushida He's on tours regularly Challenging for the junior heavyweight Tag team titles So yeah it seems like all those LA Dojo guys have got their spots except the DKC. And I don't know if that's because of his responsibilities, you know, training at the Academy, uh, or maybe they just haven't found the right spot for him yet. Um, you know, I think, you know, him being the, the goofy karate tag team partner of Taguchi is fine for now. Long term. I, I don't know if that's, uh, the the best thing for him, I think he's a, he's a very talented guy. He shows a lot of fire. He's had some good matches uh, on New Japan Strong when they are they are running the the weekly TV show. And unfortunately, you know, with that show going away, I know that the whole plan for New Japan this year for the U.S. was just to do the paper ju- pay per view shows and um, you know do less is more and not do the the weekly Strongs. But unfortunately, there are a lot of guys. Who got hurt by Strong not being a, a weekly show anymore and, and kind of got lost in the shuffle? And DKC is one of those guys. Um, you know, he was on those strong tapings and the shows every week, having uh, big matches and uh, progressing on that show. And uh, without that show, yeah, he's kind of been lost. And so hopefully, this is the start of getting him back in the mix regularly. Um, I would long term I could see him do something uh, a little bit different um, But I think teaming him up with Taguchi is a good way to kind of get his foot in the door Alright then we move on to the semi main event of the evening We had the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions The Bullet Club War Dogs team of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney they defeated Musashi and Yo 12 minutes and 21 seconds. So this was the, uh, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, New Japan debut for uh, Musashi, who we mentioned last week. He comes from Michinoku Pro, and um, they have a, him and uh, Yo have a history of friendship together. Both these guys were amateur wrestlers in high school, uh, from opposing teams, but their their coaches were good friends, which allowed them to room together a lot, spend a lot of time together. So they kind of have that, you know, real life friendship. And once uh, Leo Rush was not going to be in this tournament, Yo went to Michinoku Pro and 
asked Musashi to be his tag team partner. So first time seeing them team up here together um, in New Japan. I think it's the first time they've probably ever teamed at all, as far to, to my knowledge. So new team up here. They're they're taking on the you know the, the current tag team champion. So this is is a big deal here. If they were able to pick up the win, they could have gotten themselves at least a future tag team title shot if they don't win the tournament. But uh, like I said, they did not end up getting the win here. But they looked uh, really good um, in this tournament. Um, I think the thing with Yo and Musashi, I, I think that I don't know if this was. Uh, the story or just them still getting used to each other as a team, but there was a lot of their, the double team tandems that were just a little bit off. Um, they weren't fully in sync, which I think if it's a story, it, it works out perfectly. Cause obviously these guys have never teamed before. You don't expect them to come out here and uh, hit everything in sync perfectly together and to know where each other are going to be. But besides that, I thought they, they looked Good together as a team uh, Musashi he looked uh, really good Seemed to get a good crowd reaction He's a, a 10 year veteran that, that, You know he's called the, the future Of Michinoku Pro So he's their top guy I'm guessing maybe he, he's quote unquote their ace But yeah he looked really good He had a lot of, of good maneuvers here There was um, a stereo dive With him and Yo to the floor uh, Taking it to the uh, Bullet Club War Dogs uh, yo, back in the ring, hitting a neck breaker, uh, had the hot tag to Musashi. We had a good exchange between Musashi and uh, Drilla Maloney. Uh, we had some stereo Falcon arrows from Musashi and Yo. Uh, but then things uh, changed quickly as the, the War Dogs they hit that high low spear combo, which was kind of the uh, close to the beginning of the end. Yo was uh, fighting back. He did hit the uh, final hour frog splash. Which is, uh, of course, a tribute to Leo Rush uh, for a great near fall. Um, but then from there, Connors, he, he ran Musashi into the post. Um, and then Yo was left alone between Connors and Maloney. And uh, Connors hit a big spare. And then they got him up for the full clip, which is uh, Maloney holding up Yo into the suplex and Connors hitting the spear from the top rope. So. Uh, great finish there. Uh, like we said last week, I, I love the Drilla Killer pile driver. Uh, he didn't hit it here, but if he did, that should be the finish. <laughs> no need to hit the full clip, but uh, yeah, they did hit the full clip here. Got the win, pretty clean uh, win here for the champs, the the War Dogs, um, and uh, pretty interesting that they had Yo be the one to get the pin and not Musashi, considering you know he's not a New Japan talent uh, He is new to this tour um, You know he's not the, the established New Japan guy here um, So yeah very interesting piece of Booking that it, it was yo To eat the pin here I wonder if that's going to be a story that Plays out is yo Going to be the weak link of this Team or will we see both Guys kind of exchange falls here uh, But I think definitely that's going to be something To keep our eyes out on and I did have a question here from Cozy Dr. Lariat. He says, Musashi is a hunk and has a better look than Yo. Do you think Yo is tired of being the other guy? Do you think NJPW working with outside companies has paid off? Look at Oiwa being treated as a big name talent in Noah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think New Japan working with other promotions has been um, a lot of fun this year. It, it's allowed them to do uh, the the Wrestle Kingdom shows with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, the you know, the big uh, Muto re- retirement show, setting guys like that, the All Star Junior Festivals in Japan and America. We've seen Hiromu all over the place. Um, so yeah, we've seen a lot of guys do some excursion matches. In Japan, in America, so yeah, it's it's always cool when we see uh, New Japan, especially when they're in Japan working with outside companies, and um, I think a lot of people uh, probably want to see more guys come into New Japan for some of these tours and, and tournaments and stuff like that, but I think throughout the year we've seen a good mix of guys coming in, and we've seen that the relationship with them being more open allow um Cool things like, like Musashi to to come in, um, you know. New Japan always doesn't always you know play well with others, especially uh, when they're super hot. But you know, uh, post pandemic, they're they're trying to work together with other promotions. They're trying to uh, just raise the the state of wrestling in Japan as a whole. Um, so yeah, them working with other companies, I think it's cool. I think it's been a great benefit for them this year. Um, and also, yeah, you know, sending Oiwa there as an excursion option. You know, we've never really seen a young lion take an excursion in Japan for another promotion. Um, I have not really watched any of uh, Oiwa's work in Noah since he's been on an excursion. Um, but it's good to hear that he's being treated as a star. Uh, you know, obviously he's being uh, teamed up with one of the top stars of Noah and uh, Kiyomiya. So that I think that would be a great thing for him. Um, and as far as Joe being the other guy, um, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's you know, Yo has a certain look and, and style, um, and it doesn't seem that whoever, whoever he's teaming with is the more interesting guy. When he's with Show, everybody likes Show better. When he's with Leo Rush, more people are talking about Leo, and now he's teaming here with uh, Musashi, and it's only been one. Match and it seems like people are, are more interested in, in Musashi and the booking is not helping. He, he's the one uh, eating the pins here. Um, but yeah, I am curious to see how they're going to gel as a team, if there's going to be a long term thing, and if this is going to be an opportunity for Musashi to become a uh, New Japan regular. And then for the main event of the show, we had the LIJ team of Bushi and Teton defeating the House of Torture team of Sho and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, 13 minutes and 54 seconds. And surprise, surprise, we got a ton of House of Torture shenanigans uh, in this matchup. At uh, one point in the match, uh, Teton and Bushi had... uh, Double uh, trailer hitch, that reverse figure four leg locks on, and the, the bell rang. Um, and, but it was Dick Togo ringing the bell, which caused um, Teton and Bushi to let go of the holds and you know raising their hands, singing they won. Um, you know, being some uh, dumb baby faces, <laughs> like you should know at this point, like you, you don't let go of the hole until the ref tells you to. Uh, maybe one day, uh, baby faces will, will learn this. Um, but yeah, they let go of the hole, which um, allowed uh, Hazard Torture to uh, get the get back the advantage here. So after that, uh, Evil and uh, Kanamaru 
attacked Lij from behind um, as the ref got bumped. And he's not seeing any of this, and so has to torture that they're running wild here. We got a a second ref bump. Uh, Show pulls off the mask of uh, Teton. Um, you know, you know, doing the most despicable thing you can do, pulling off a uh, luchador's mask. Uh, so he does that, and uh, Kanamaru comes in, and he's going to try and hit the uh, the, the whiskey. That's Tori surprise, uh, but Bushi is able to spit his mist into Kanamaru, and Teton gets his mask back. Does a, a big flip dive to all the members of House of Torture. It's a uh, tornado DDT on show, and then hits his uh, top rope double stomp and gets the win. Um, so very House of Torture style matchup here. Multiple ref bumps, everybody running in interference. Uh, but luckily, you know, it was it was only uh, you know about fourteen minutes and not close to thirty minutes. Uh, but Bushi and Teton they they get the win here. And they pick up their first two points. Uh, question here from Rambone Slam Pigs is based on the first night of tournament matches. Are you surprised by the performance or booking of any of the teams so far? Or is it really too early to get a sense of things just yet? Um, I think the, the big surprises for me was just the fact that um, Yo ate the pin um, in that tag match against the War Dogs. Um, I thought Taka was surprisingly uh, very motivated and, and looked really good in his tag match, uh, teaming with Doki. Um, besides that, that's the only real surprises. I mean, you, you look at who won Catch 2-2. Their uh, former junior tag team champions, they almost broke the defense record this year. They're clearly you know, kind of the ace of the division right now. Then you have uh, the Jet Setters, former junior tag team champions, Desperado and Watto. They're kind of your mega junior tag team. Despy, former you know junior champion, best super junior winner. Watto, super junior winner this year. Um, and then the War Dogs are the current junior tag team champions. And then Lij, Bushi, and Teton, um, top team. They uh, I believe they are like six and three. Last year in the tournament, um, Teton semifinalists or excuse me, finalists in uh, Super Juniors this year. Um, so all kind of guys that they've been pushing top teams won this first night. So very not surprising there. They've kind of gone with the, the team, but they've been they've been pushing the guys that are that are currently hot right now. Um, so the, it seems to be kind of by the numbers at least for night one. Um, and then going into the rest of the tournament, it's going to be interesting to see if we get some um, upsets here. So the the rankings after night one, we have uh, Bushi and Teton, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney, El Desperado and Master Wato, Kushida and Kevin Knight, and TJP and Akira, all with two points, 1-0. and oh. And then Sho and Kanamaru, Yo and Musashi, Taguchi and DKC, Doki and Taka and Eagles and Vegeta are all 0-1 with zero points. And we have uh, lots of tournament action coming up this week. So as you're listening to this, uh, probably on Tuesday, uh, October 24th, there will be a show in Corkin Hall. Uh show will open up. We'll have Oscar Lube, Ren Narita, and Chilto Umino. 
taking on Callum Newman, Great Okan, and Hanare. We'll have Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Yota Suji taking on Sonata, Taichi, and Yuya Uemura. We will have a NJPW World Television match, title match, as Zack Sabre Jr. will defend against Oleg Bolton. And then the tournament matches of the evening will have Risuke Taguchi and the DKC taking on Bushi and Teton. We'll have the Ichiban Sweet Boys taking on Doki and Taka. Desperado and Wato will take on Musashi and Yo. In the semi-main event spot, the Intergalactic Jet Setters will take on the House of Torture team of Sho and Kanamaru. And then the main event will be Catch 2-2 versus the War Dogs of Clark Connors and Joe Maloney. That main event's definitely going to be one to circle and look uh, look out to watch. Those guys had a great matchup at the uh, Independence Day where uh, the War Dogs won the titles. Um, so these guys have great chemistry. There's a lot, a lot of history here between these two teams. So that main event will be a fun one to watch, and it'll be in a hot Cork and Hall crowd. Uh, should be a great one. And then uh, the next night, Wednesday, October 25th, they will still be at Cork and Hall. Show will open up with uh, Oleg Bolton teaming up with Narita and Shota Umino to take on Callum Newman, Great Okan, and Henare. Then we'll have the Bullet Club team of Gato and Taiji Ishimori taking on Hiromu Takahashi and Yota Suji. And then Hiroshi Tanahashi, Oscar Lube, and Tomohiro Ishii will take on Sanada, Taichi, and Yuya Uemura. Then the tournament matches for this evening, we will have uh, Risuke Taguchi and the DKC taking on the Ichiban Sweet Boys, Musashi and Yo taking on Catch 2-2. We will have Sho and Kanemaru taking on Doki and Taka. The Intergalactic Jet Setters taking on the War Dogs. And the main event will be El Desperado and Master Wato taking on Bushi and Teton, which that should be another uh, great uh, main event matchup there. And then moving on to night four will be October 26th in Saitama, Japan. We'll have Oscar Lube and Yuta Nakashima taking on the Great Bash heel team of Togi Makabe and Tomo Oki Hanma. Ren Narita and Shota Umino will take on Callum Newman and Great Okan. Tomohiro Ishii, Toriano, and Yoshihashi will take on Dick Togo, Evil, and Yudro Takahashi. And then we'll get tournament matchups of Risuke Taguchi and the DKC taking on the Intergalactic Jet Setters. Then Catch 2-2 will take on Doki and Taka. Musashi and Yo will take on Sho and Kanamaru. Semi-main event, Bushi and Teton will take on the War Dogs. And then the main event will be El Desperado and Master Wato versus the Ichiban Sweet Boys. And that will take us to night five of the tour, which will happen in Fukushima, Japan. Show will open up with Bullock Olten, Oscar Lube, and Yuto Nakashima taking on Togi Makabe, Tomooki Hanma, and Hiroshi Tenzon. And then we'll have Red Narita and Shota Umino taking on Callum Newman and Great Okan. Tomohiro Ishii, Toriano, and Yoshihashi taking on Dick Togo, Evil, and Yudro Takahashi. And then in tournament action, we will have Rich Gaguchi and the DKC taking on Catch 2 2. 
Musashi and Yo taking on Doki and Taka. Sho and Kanamaru taking on the Ichiban Sweet Boys. Intergalactic Jet Setters will take on Bushi and Teton in the semi-main event. And then the main event will be El Desperado and Master Wato against the champs, the Bull Club War Dogs. So very interesting to see uh, Despi and Wato. They're getting a lot of main event matches here. Um, they're in the main event every night except on the 24th show. So definitely Desperado and Wato are going to be a team to watch out here. I think those guys are definitely going to end up in the finals. I could see maybe uh, Despi Wato catch two two finals uh, could be the move there. But I think Despi and Wato are definitely going to be one of those teams that end up like six and three um, by the time the thing's over. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc well now we will switch gears to fighting spirit unleashed this will be happening uh this saturday october 28th from Sam's Town Live in Las Vegas, Nevada. And this show will be airing uh, English commentary on Fight TV and Japanese commentary on NJPW World. So let's take a look at the card here and I will give my uh, predictions. So uh, we have two pre show matches for this show. We have a strong survivor match with Matt Vandegriff versus Buck Skiner. And so the strong survivor match is a, a new concept that's going to give the most promising prospects from the NJPW Academy an opportunity to show their stuff on a, a larger uh, larger stage. So almost kind of like the the old you know ROH proving ground matches. Um, so ways for you know get some eyes on these guys that have been training uh, in the academy to the top students here. So we'll see what uh, these Matt and Buck have here. And then the other pre-show match will be Balian Aki, Jacob Austin Young, and Titus Alexander teaming up to take on. The team, filthy team of Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaac. So uh, we got Danny Limelight back on New Japan Strong, back on Team Filthy. It seems like it's been a while since uh, Danny Limelight's been booked by New Japan. So he's back here, teaming with the, the West Coast Wrecking Crew, taking on a bunch of uh, independent guys. 
Some we've seen before Jacob Austin Young He's been on several of the strong tapings before uh, They went away from weekly uh, TV Tyus Alexander He had a great match with Will Ospreay uh, I think that was That might have been last year um, So very experienced guys I'm not sure about uh, Bali and Aki um, that's a name I am not familiar with I have not seen him wrestle before um, But it'll be interesting to see um, What those guys have This If it's kind of a A tryout match to get some of these guys On um, Some more of these New Japan strong shows Or potentially even uh, You know get a, a shot At um, getting to Japan um, So that should be um, A fun uh, pre-show Match to watch and then moving on to the main card, the show will open up with the NJPW Strong Open Weight Title Number One Contendership Four Way Match uh, as Satoshi Kojima takes on Fred Rosser, Jeff Cobb, and Alex Coglin. Um, so very interesting four names here. I'll see uh, my man, the leader of Bread Cub, Ko- Kojima. Making another U.S. date here, getting a potential shot to get another another crack at the strong title. He uh, failed to defeat uh, Filthy Tom in the past when Tom was a champion. Uh, Fred Rosser, former strong champion. Jeff Cobb, former uh, never champion. A uh, guy that's pushed very heavily in uh, New Japan proper. And then uh, one of the war dogs, Alex Coughlin. So the winner of this will determine the, the next challenger for the strong openweight championship, which is currently held by Eddie Kingston, who will be defending on this card. Um, based off of these names here, I'm gonna go with Jeff Cobb getting the win, just because he is the the, the probably the the most well pushed guy in this match. Um, like I mentioned, you know, former. Never champion, former tag team champion. Um, he's had some great G1 runs. He's been a guy that they've put in big spots um, in the last two years. He's kind of number two in the, in the pecking order for the heavyweights on the United Empire side. Um, so I feel like you could use Cobb in, in a big match. Um, he's more heel leaning. So if Eddie were to retain, um, you, you kind of have that dynamic there as well. Uh, so yeah, he's my favorite. He's my prediction. I'm going with winning. Uh, I feel like with Rosser, um, you know, he's kind of had his spot in the sun as far as you know being a strong champion and challenger. I think for Rosser, I think they need to get him in Japan. Um, I think he's he's earned a shot to do a tour. Um, so I don't think I don't see him going back to challenging with a strong title. Uh, Coughlin, he's been more of a tag team guy with a Gabe Kid. Uh, I mean, if they could, if they wanted to pull kind of surprising win, it would be cool for uh, Coughlin to get a win to give him a big match um, on a future show. And then there's Kojima. Uh, I mean, obviously, as a uh, big fan of Satoshi Kojima, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing him hit a big Western lariat, um, getting a big win here, um, and going on a challenge for the championship. Um, but like I said in the past, you know, he's had his shots in the past. Um, obviously, he's not very heavily pushed in New Japan right now. Um, you know, one of the, the quote-unquote New Japan dads, one of the, the older guys on the roster. Um, but, you know, 
even at his age, he's still having going out there and having great matches. Uh, but I'm still going to stick with uh, my prediction of the Imperial unit, Jeff Cobb, getting the win here. So then uh, after that, we will have Stephanie Vercur and Zeusus take on Johnny Robbie and Luvia. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly at all. Probably not. Uh, but a uh, tag team women's match here uh, for um, this card. Um, Stephanie Vercur, she uh, had some great performances um, in that strong women's tournament um, facing off against uh, Mercedes Monet. Um, and I think she turned a lot of heads. I'm actually uh, very surprised that no one has tried to book her um, since that match uh, with Monet. I thought she looked great, looked like a star, uh, wrestled very well. So. Um, she'll have another chance here to impress U.S. fans, and uh, hopefully people are watching. Um, Stephanie Recur, I think, definitely needs to get some uh, more U.S. bookings uh, going forward. Um, you know, bring her over to stardom. I think she definitely needs to be uh, be talked about more than she uh, currently is. And then uh, after that, we'll have a uh, first-time singles match between a Filthy Tom Lawler and Gabe Kidd of the Bullet Club War Dogs. Uh, so both guys here kind of trying to really establish themselves, get into contention uh, probably for the, the strong openweight title in the future. Philly Tom, of course, former strong openweight champion, uh, longest reigning uh, strong champion, had a, a great run there. Really one of the faces of this uh, New Japan strong brand. And then Gabe Kidd, I mean, before he was uh, a war dog, he was on strong, having bangers. Um, you know, he had a great match with uh, Eddie Kingston, which is one of, was one of our strong style fight of the year candidates. I believe that was last year or two years ago. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's done a lot of great stuff on New Japan Strong as well. And with Coughlin being in the four-way, that, that freed up Kidd to be in a singles match up here on this card. Uh, so a battle of Team Filthy and uh, Bullet Club War Dogs. Um, I think Gabe Kidd is going to get the, I don't know if it's a, a surprise wins the, the right way to say it, but uh, it was, it's definitely will be a, a big win for him. Um, I think he'll get the win here, especially since he, um, he attacked Will Ospreay um, at the, the Royal Quest 30 show when Will was doing his post match promo. Um, so clearly he has his eyes set on Will Ospreay. So if you're going to shoot that angle and have him attack Will, I think you need to give him a big win to make him more, look more as a credible challenger for Ospreay. Then following that matchup, we're going to have a eight-man tag. This is Atlantis's 40th anniversary match. So we will have Atlantis, Atlantis Jr., Mystico, and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Rocky Romero, our good friend, Soberano Jr., Tiger Mask, and Adrian Quest. Um, so this should be a, a very fun, um, high-flying matchup. Uh, you know, this past Friday on Rampage, Rocky and Mystico mixed it up and had a really uh, great matchup there. Uh, Rocky's been killing it in CMLL this year, been having a lot of great 
uh, matchups with um, these uh, CMLL guys. And so, uh, you know, we got some top CMLL guys here. We got Atlantis Jr., Mystico, Atlantis uh, mixing it up. And of course, you got the ace of the universe, Tanahashi. Um, and then Rocky's team here, he's got a solid team. Um, Sober Ronald Jr. is a guy who's um, he's improved a lot over the years, and he's always a fun guy to watch. Uh, Adrian Quest, Young Fuego, he's another guy uh, that I'm that like I was talking about where he got lost when the Strong Show went away, and they they, they moved to just doing pay per view because um, he was a guy that was on there weekly. Whether he was teaming with Rocky or having some um, great singles matches, he was a guy to me that I feel like was really kind of starting to break through, um, having a lot of fun high flying matchups. So I'm glad to see that he's still kind of in their Rolodex of names that they will call in for shows like this. Um, I think Adrian Quest is a guy that he should get a, a Super Juniors run. He's a guy that. You know, why not put him and Rocky as a team in uh, a Super Junior Tag League in, in the future? Um, so glad to see Young Fuego here. Then uh, we got uh, Tiger Mask. I wonder if he will be a, in a, a grumpy Tiger Mask mood here. Uh, but, yeah, this will be a fun matchup, kind of continue Rocky, you know, being the you know number one Rudo in CMLL, taking on, uh, you know, three of the top faces of the promotion on the opposite side of, of him. Um, I think since this is Atlantis's uh, 40th anniversary match, I'm going to guess that uh, Team Atlantis will uh, get the win here, uh, probably pending either uh, Tiger Mask or uh, Young Fuego Adrian Quest. And then following that, we will have the Strong Women's Championship on the line as Julia will defend against Hyann. Um, this will be the uh, first time in a while that we've seen the Strong Women's Championship uh, defended in the U.S. Uh, so Julia's been uh, defending the title over in stardom. Um, and after her uh, latest defense against Amy Sorai in uh, Cork and Hall, it was made known that High Hyann had called out uh, Julia to be the next challenger. Uh, Hyann's, uh, you know, a uh, a favorite of the Texas independent scene. She's also done some stuff in Impact. She's made some shots in, in Rev Pro. Um, so Hyann's a uh, very experienced. I believe she was trained um, by Booker T at his uh, reality wrestling school there in Texas. So. Um, she's a really good worker and, um, you know, Julia is awesome. One of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, super talented, super charismatic. And you know what they say, all the boys love, love, love Julia. And so she'll be making her presence known here in Las Vegas. And so this should be, um, a very fun matchup here. I expect, uh, Julia to retain, as the rumor mill continues that we will eventually get a uh, Julia versus Mercedes Monet title match in the future. Then following that, we will have the strong open weight tag team championships on the line representing Gorillas of Destiny, El Fantasma and Hikaleo, the champs. They will defend the titles against Monster Sauce. That's the team of Alex Zane and the Murder Hawk Monster Lance 
Archer. Uh, so we saw uh, Monster Sauce teaming up during the uh, Independence Day tour shows um, in July. That's when we first saw that team. And they, I believe they've done a couple other independent dates together as a team since then as well. Um, so very uh, similar teams here where you have a, a high-flying junior in ELP and Alex Zane. And then you got the big man in Hikaleo and Lance Archer. Uh, so this should be a fun matchup here. This will be the first defense for ELP and Hikaleo. It's uh, very weird seeing, uh, you know, Gorillas of Destiny in a tag team match and it not being Tamatonga and Tangaloa and being uh, ELP and Hikaleo. Um, I am going to go with uh, ELP and Hikaleo retaining the tag team titles here. They they just won it. Um, Zayn is not quite um, a regular in New Japan. Um, neither is Lance Archer. I'll see coming from Archer from AEW. Um, I mean, you you could put the belts on those guys um, since you know these titles are supposed to be quote unquote more U.S. based, um, but I think they're gonna establish uh, ELP and Hikaleo here, and I think they're gonna get the, get the big win, retain the titles, and I think ELP and Hikaleo will be a team set to be in uh, World Tag League come December. And then uh, moving on to the seventh match on the main card, we will have the strong open weight championship on the line as Eddie Kingston will defend against Hanare. This match has been uh, built up for quite some time now. Um, Hanare got a win over Eddie Kingston in the G1 and uh, since then, he's been clamoring to get a rematch against Eddie Kingston. And, uh, you know, he's been calling out Kingston for months now to to get a tile shot. And we finally got it. Uh, Eddie and Hanara here at Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Uh, Eddie is also the Ring of Honor World Champion. He's been uh, defending both of those titles on uh, AEW TV. Uh, he has a uh, title match coming up, I believe, this week on Dynamite. He's defending against Jay Lethal. Um, so, yeah, it's it, with um, Eddie being um, double champion and also being an AEW guy, the, the booking kind of falls in his favor. Um, personally, I think I would rather Hanare win this match. Um, Hanare... Um, you know, he had, he did have a big win over Shingo um, this year, but he still needs um, some big kind of milestones and moments. And I think kind of giving Hanare this moment here would be a thing that could help um, establish him, you know, being a top guy in Eddie Kingston and allowing Hanare to um, have some great strong title matches on these U.S. shows and in Japan, I think it could really help um, elevate his stock. But like I said, due to Eddie being double champion, being an, an AEW contracted wrestler, I think that Eddie Kingston is going to uh, get the win here and uh, knock out Hanare with the Yurkin uh, backfist. Then the... Uh, Eighth match of the evening on the main card will be the Just Five Guys team of Sonata and Yuya Uemura. 
taking on the LIJ team of Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu Takahashi. So this is a uh, big preview match here for the January 4th Tokyo Dome main event. Uh, Sonata will defend against Naito on January 4th. So we will be continuing to see preview matches uh, for these guys uh, throughout the rest of this month and throughout November and December until we finally get to uh, January 4th in the Tokyo Dome. Um, should be a good matchup here. I'm, I think that um, we'll see Yuya Yuramura picking up the win over Hiromu just because Hiromu is a junior. And both, well, I guess Sonata could pin uh, Hiromu as well, but I think just five guys will get the win here since um, there, there are two heavyweights going against a heavyweight and a junior. And uh, hopefully this could help build some exciting, uh, some excitement and intrigue for the January 4th match. I had some questions here. Uh, Rambone Slam Pig says, with Naito likely holding the world title and Haruma the junior title after Wrestle Kingdom, how likely is it that Chingo, Suji, Bushi, and Teton all get some tag goal to complete a full golden roll call? Do you think that is the direction that this is going? Similar thought here from Ethan from the Discord says, do you think at the end of Wrestle Kingdom, all of LIJ will be holding titles for the roll call? Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely a a possibility. Um, Dainto keeps you know going on and on and on about wanting to get the roll call done, and we know last time um, he he won the title, you know, Wrestle Kingdom in 2020, and Kenta came out and uh, you know interrupted the roll call and attacked him. Um, so yeah, he never really got that true Wrestle Kingdom big roll call, and I think it would make it all the better if you did have a moment like that where, you know, Shingo and Suji, they, they, they win world tag league. They win the tag team titles. Um, then you could have Bushi and Teton getting through the junior tag team title match. They could win that. You have Hiromi retain the junior title. Then all these guys, um, are, are champions. And the night you have Naito beats Sonata, calls them all out, does the big, Golden roll call, all of LIJ's champions, and you start the new year, um, you know, with your top, one of the most popular factions holding a lot of the titles in New Japan. Uh, next question here from Def Triangle 720. This is what can Gato do to make the Naito and Sonata feud feel more impactful with the remaining time left before the dome? Oh man, that's that's a, that's a tough one. Um, you know, like we were mentioning last week, you know, there's just not a, a ton of interest in this matchup, and uh, I mean, there, there's so much history here between these guys. You think that this would be more intriguing, um, but honestly, for me, I think that they just seem to make this match more personal. I think we need to see this get more heated. Um, you know, right now it's kind of the you know, ha ha. Naito was being tranquilo and you know taunting him taunting Tanao with this tote bag thing and Tanao's being you know stoic and not saying much and um you know it's just kind of meh um I think we need these guys they need to get need to get personal they need to be in each other's faces um you know 
I, I'm Tanada in this feud. Like you're, you're trying to prove that, you know, you're, you're not a joke. You're trying to prove that, you know, you're trying to prove Naito wrong that you, you could have been the man. You could have been the faction leader this whole time. Um, and so I think I would love to see just more aggression from both of these guys, you know, some more heated angles, have these, have these guys, you know, brawl to a double DQ, a double count out, have these guys brawl all over Cork and Hall, um, make this a more intense, more impersonal, have them cut these um, heated promos and, and translate them, put them out. You know, that was one of the great things that really helped, um, you know, build the the Will Kenny match last year um, was a lot, a lot of the promo stuff and just how heated it was besides both of those guys being, you know, two of the absolute best wrestlers on the planet. Um, but, you know, having, um, you know, the, the heat going into the match helped match as well. Um, and so there's just not heat right now with Sonata and Naito. There, there needs to be more of a, a personal issue because for, for these guys, because, Clearly, though, the world title is not enough to, to make this feud interesting. And so I think it needs to get more personal. It needs to get more heated. These guys need to be, you know, firing shots and promos. And uh, it needs to be a highly heated contest. And so that will then uh, that will take us to the main event for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And that will be for the Never Open weight championship as the championship, the champion Tama Tonga defends against the dragon Shingo Takagi. Um, this should be a, a very hard hitting matchup here. Um, you know, Tama has mentioned wanting to bring the title back to, uh, you know, the, the kind of the BMF status that it had, where you had. You know, big beefy guys uh, throwing lariats and chops, having uh, hard out battles and wars. Um, so that's what Tama wants to do. And these guys faced off uh, in the G1, which ended in a time limit draw. So there's a unfinished business here between Tama and Chingo. So hopefully we'll find out who the, the better man is here come this weekend in Las Vegas 60 minute time limit here um highly doubt they're going to go to to the uh time limit for this matchup um so this is a kind of a uh interesting uh matchup here and the fact that I feel like a lot of people want Shingo to win this match um and, and kind of get back in the never division and um, have a great never title run, do something cool at the dome. Um, but you know, they just gave the belt back to Tama Tonga. Um, I think there's, there's something there with Tama and I think he just needs, um, some better opponents. Um, and he's getting one right here with, uh, Shingo Takagi. Um, I mean, personally, Shingo is, uh, I'm more of a Shingo fan than I am a Tama Tonga fan. Um, Shingo is probably my, my favorite, Japanese New Japan wrestler right now um so if it was up to me just booking for uh Jeremy Donovan's preference I would I would have Shingo win this match but I feel like uh Tamla's gonna retain here he just got the belt back from Finley I feel like he's going to retain and then he'll move on to defend that at the dome against somebody I, I don't know who Maybe somebody who won a match on this card. Maybe 
Uh, maybe Gabe Kidd uh, can come out um, if he if he beats Tom or if Tom beats Kidd, they, they can come out and challenge next. Um, and then I think Shingo will be off to World Tag League to team with Suji and potentially win that tournament. Um, and then uh, last question here, considering this show from Death Triangle Seven Twenty. He says, if you guys could tweak two things about the U.S. shows, what would it be? Um, so one thing I would tweak is just where the show is airing. Um, you know, New Japan, you know, they have their own streaming service. I don't understand the need to have to use uh, Fight TV to, to air these shows. I think... It can be confusing for your your fan base, people who are used to the watching stuff on New Japan World. Oh, you know a show's coming up, and they're like, "Oh, I I have to you know pay for a whole, I have to buy it on another service um, to get the English commentary." Um, so that's that's one thing I would do. I think you, um, it's just for you know clarity and, and synergy's sake. Have all your stuff on New Japan World. You know, if you want to make it. The, the whole extra pay-per-view gimmick they've been doing with some of the shows on World, fine, do that. But I think it's a, a lot easier user experience, customer experience to have it all on a New Japan World. Uh, but then the other thing I would say is just the production. Um, I know that they have been working very hard to get these shows, uh, the U.S. shows, to be produced better. And I do think they've they've made um, some headway there, but across the board, I think there's still more that could be done. Um, and I, I get that there's, there's a lot of uh, finance and money crush stuff that I'm I'm not privy to. Um, I'm sure there's, there's a reason why they certain things end up the way they do. Um, but you know, I think back to those access TV. Um, New Japan specials that aired um, back in 2018 and man the productions for those were very crisp and even you know, you look at some of the, the access shows that air on Thursday nights with some of the same footage that we see from NJPW World and that, that full crisp HD uh, great production um, and so I think New Japan the, the Japanese camera team and production team um, it's one of the best in the world. I think New Japan is the best at producing wrestling and uh, producing it as a sport. Um, and so I think they need to get, bring that same presentation to these uh, U.S. shows to make them feel like a New Japan show and to um, just give the show the, the quality uh, production it deserves. Well, that is going to be my uh, preview and predictions for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So uh, next week, uh, we will review that show and talk about any uh, news items that come out from there. So uh, speaking of news, that's uh, what I'm going to jump into next. We had some uh, news this week with Will Ospreay and his uh, contract status in future. So, uh, Will, he had an interview with Sports Illustrated uh, this past week, and he said that Impact is in the running of companies he could sign with when his NJPW deal expires in February. 
Well said, the deal is up in February and we're still in negotiations. I'm looking to explore every single option and every single avenue. Impact Wrestling is in the running for my next home. I'm willing to test the waters. So this match against Mike Bailey is a real treat for me, and I'm excited to do it, especially with what could happen next year. So I'll see Will was talking about his match uh, with Speedball Mike Bailey, which happened this past uh, weekend at Impact, or I guess I should say uh, TNA. That they switched the name back, TNA Wrestling's uh, Bound for Glory. Um, and then also, uh, Will this week uh, said that he was open to the idea of joining WWE. Uh, he was asked by Metro about the possibility of him signing with WWE. And Will says, I mean, we have spoke about it more. I'm now open to the idea of stretching myself out that little bit more. As age has become more apparent to me and my body is hurting more and more, I'm open to all avenues. I've had a lot of talks with my friends about this and I spoke to the missus. Osprey also mentioned that he and his significant other are open to possibly relocating to the United States. So I know there's been a lot of uh, speculation here. Also, um, it came out this week that uh, Will Osprey hired uh, Barry Bloom to be his agent during these contract negotiations. Uh, Barry Bloom has represented um, a ton of wrestlers and getting them great deals. Uh, Chris Jericho, the Elite, uh, several guys throughout the years in uh, big promotions. Uh, Barry Bloom's kind of been the guy handling these contract negotiations. And we had a question here from Lee Chang is Bay Two. Says Will Ospreay hired uh, Barry Bloom as his agent recently due to his contract negotiations. Once he hit free agency next year, is this it for Will Ospreay in New Japan? Well, if you've been listening to this show um, this year, we've kind of been hinting that you know it seems like Will is out the door. Uh, you know, there's a lot of rumbling out on the streets uh, about. What Will's going to do next, where he's going to go. Um, clearly, he's been doing a lot more AEW dates this year, and he's a member of the Don Callis family. So he, he's kind of built into AEW canon. There's an AEW storyline pretty much set up for him um, if he were to jump ship to AEW full time. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that Will is not going to be a full-time New Japan wrestler next year after his contract is up. Um, I think the most likely scenario is that he will sign a full-time deal with AEW and then continue to maybe make do some big shots for New Japan. You know, maybe he'll show up at, at Wrestle Kingdom, at, at Dominion, um, you know, some of the, some of the bigger shows of the year. Um, I know right now, I think also if you are going to be a free agent, you want um, a bid in war. You, you want all companies throwing money at you. So it's very wise for Will to go to all these media outlets and be like, yeah, I would sign, you know, with TNA. I would sign with WWE. You want all these companies uh, to, to be in a bidding war for you to get the, the best offer. Um, so is so is Will considering WWE? Maybe he is, but I feel like him saying that is more of a 
uh, a tactic to get a better deal from, you know, AEW. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see him right now. I, I have a hard time seeing him re-signing a full-time New Japan deal. Uh, we've seen in the past that New Japan just doesn't have the, the finances to really, you know, counter offer some of these bigger AEW and WWE deals. Um, you know, Will's getting older. He, he's in a relationship. He has a, a stepkid. Um, you know, he's trying to, you know, make the most money he can. Um, and I, I don't blame him for that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to continue to watch and listen to what Will says in the media and if he's going to do uh, more um, what, where he's wrestling. I know he's doing a lot more uh, impact wrestling or excuse me, TNA wrestling uh, dates this year. Uh, I'm sure we will see him at AEW again at some point. Um, you know, for Tokyo Dome, he's probably facing John Moxley. Um, so again, there's that AEW connection right there. Um, which you, if you know, AW could promote that, promote that match for Tokyo Dome. So yeah, to me, I, I think that AW is probably the landing spot, but you never say never in wrestling. Uh, we know WWE is making more money than they ever have. They, um, have a ton of money. Um, but with the whole TKO merger though, um, I know that they haven't really been, Signing a ton of people, um, and the, the stock price apparently has not been um, as great since they've announced the the TKO uh, launch and merger. Um, so maybe they're maybe they're not trying to sign people. But I mean, if I were you know WWE, and I don't know who exactly is making the the talent decisions right now, um, but uh, I think they would be pretty dumb to not make an offer uh, to Will Ospreay. So we will keep our our eyes out for what happens in, in the coming months. But um, like I said, let's let's stay tuned to what Will's saying in the media. Let's see where he's wrestling. You know, he's like I said, he's doing a lot of TNA dates. AW. Let's see where he's going. Let's see what his Tokyo Dome match is going to be. Let's see how he uh, leaves New Japan. Is he going to get you know booted out of United Empire? Is he going to be completely ran out? Is he going to leave as a champion? I think a lot of stuff like that is really going to indicate where he's going to go come uh, next year. So uh, in other news, on Friday, October 27th, there's going to be a special press conference, which will see the champions and challengers in each of the Fighting Spirit Unleashes four title matches come face-to-face to to offer their final final thoughts. The press conference will take place from the Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall Pioneer Room. Doors opening at 6.30 p.m. for a 7 p.m. start time. The press conference is open to the public and free and will also be released to NJPW World and YouTube after the conference is over. And other news, we had um, some more matches released for the Power Struggle show coming up uh, next month. So as of right now, the the lineup looks like the IWGP UK and US champion Will Ospreay defending against Shota Umino. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Hiromu Takahashi defending against Taiji Ishimori. 
the never open weight six man tag team champions Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tomo Hiro Ishii will defend against Zack Sabre Jr., Shane Hayes, and Mikey Nichols of TMDK. John Moxley, the Deaf Rider, he'll be taking on Great Okan. We'll have the Super Junior Tag League Finals. Sonata and Yuya Uomura will take on Tetsuya Naito and Yota Suji. And David Finley will take on Tenga Loa. Very uh, interesting uh, choice of opponents there for uh, Finley. So uh, next up, we have uh, AW Dynamite this Wednesday. The Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, will be showing up at Dynamite to team up with Orange Cassidy to take on Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. Um, so this match was built up uh, this past weekend at the Battle of the Belt show that AEW ran um, this past Saturday. So OC calling in his buddy, uh, Kazuchika Okada. And so um, clearly I think that this is a uh, Wrestle Kingdom 18 implications here. You know, we we talked about, you know, when Danielson beat Okada at Forbidden Door that it felt like they were definitely going to do a rematch and have uh, these guys face off in the Tokyo Dome. And that definitely seems to be the case here, having these guys in in a tag match on Dynamite. I think this will be the key that will um, be the thing that launches us into a a Danielson-Okada rematch at January 4th. We had a question here from Rambone Slam Pig. He says, does Okada being announced for an AEW show on the same night as it was announced that TNA is coming back have some kind of cosmic meaning? Will he be appearing as Okato? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I highly doubt that uh, Okada is going to ever be Okato again. Uh, but yeah, it is very funny that, you know, even prior to this whole thing when they uh they were facing off against machine guns and uh alexander okada was talking about yeah you know the only promotion i truly hate is tna but you know their impact so i i don't hate them but now they've uh switched the name back to tna wrestling so yeah i wonder if that uh that hate will uh rekindle for okada and then will not want to work with any of those guys but uh no, honestly, I think Okada probably didn't really care <laughs> about uh, Impact TNA, what their name is, and I'm sure he'll wrestle whoever. And uh, speaking of uh, TNA, they had their uh, Bound for Glory pay-per-view this past weekend. Will Ospreay was there defeating Speedball Mike Bailey. I've heard that match was incredible. Um, it was like 9.30 the morning of on cage match. Um, so a lot of people throwing... Uh, Five stars, 4.75, four and a half. Definitely seems to be a uh, match of the year. Candidate will probably definitely be a uh, candidate for our excursion of the uh, excursion match of the year award. Also, uh, Chris Sabin, uh, he defeated Kenta on the show. Then coming up Saturday, December 16th from the Crystal Palace National Sports Center for Rev Pro Uprising 2023 
Luke Jacobs will get another crack at the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii. I was there live for this match um, in London in August during all uh, yeah all in weekend. Um, they had the the Rev Pro anniversary show. These guys went out here and had a, a great hard hitting matchup. So hopefully they can uh, rekindle that magic and have a great match come uh, December. And then uh, last piece of news here: uh, Zach Saber Jr. He won the twenty twenty three. PWA Australia Coliseum Tournament this past weekend. So, shout out to Zach Sabre Jr. Alright, gonna land the plane here with some questions and then uh, we will uh, wrap things up for this show this week. Uh, so, Def Triangle 720 says, if the IC belt returned and replaced the U.S., Slash UK belt, who should hold the belt? Um, well, clearly it seems like this whole Osprey Umino match is is leading to that, with Umino telling Will to, to bring uh both of the titles. So it, it it definitely seems like that's where they're going. Um and, and it's hard because on one hand I feel like well, Will should win the match. He's on an incredible run. He's one of the best of the, of the world. If you if you want to bring back that title, why not? You know, start it off with you know, you're one of your best wrestlers, one of the hottest guys in, in pro wrestling. Um, but on the other hand, it's like that title has a lot of history. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia. Uh, it, it holds a uh, a warm spot in in the fans of New Japan's hearts. Um. And it's a title that could help elevate a young guy like Shota Umino. Um, so it's kind of a hard call here. I I, I think for the the future of Shota Umino, I think it's almost like necessary that he does win this matchup because this is what going to be like the fourth time now that he's faced Will Ospreay in a singles match in. I don't think it does Umino any favors to uh, lose to Osprey again so soon. He's had a lot of uh, recent losses against against Osprey, and I just don't think it looks good for Umino to just kind of be this, this failing challenger and this guy who can, just fails to beat Osprey, um, especially since it's been you know pretty back to back. Well, I guess I mean, there's been some time, but not long enough to where. It's um, where I would want to beat Umino again. Um, so yeah, so for me, I I think it's Umino needs to win the match, and I think him being the you know their first return IC champion would be a, a great thing to really catapult him. Death Triangle also asked, "You guys think New Japan limits itself in terms of the creativity?" For their major title feuds. Well, I'll say, you know, since um, we have been doing this show for, you know, the last five, six years now, I feel like majority of the world title feuds have been great. Um, you know, a lot of personal issues or two of the best wrestlers just trying to prove that they're the best in the world. Um you know, when you have that sports-based presentation, 
um, and you treat the title seriously and you, you book the top uh, workers and athletes, um, it's very easy to have a compelling match without needing to do, you know, a contract signing or some kind of, you know, crazy, wacky angle. Um, so I think, you know, kind of the traditional booking of the world title main events um, have been good and the feuds have been good. Um, I think where they could potentially, you can say that they limit themselves is in some of the, the choices and who they, they pick for uh, the world champion. Um, I think a lot of times, um, you know, they, they go back to Okada, um, which I totally understand. He's the top guy. He's the ace, uh, the true. I mean, again, I know Tanahashi is the quote unquote ace, but Okada is really the ace of the company. Um, he's, he's our top guy. He's the top money maker. Um, business always well when he's on top. So it definitely makes sense. Um, but I think there are times where you could try, um, some of the younger guys do something different. Um, and, you know, the whole Sonata run, like, I think it's fine that they tried to do something different. And um, initially it seemed like it was working, but um, long-term it's just not working out. And um, I think the only way you really find that out is by trying guys out. I mean, Sonata, he could have had, this could have been a great run for him, but um, unfortunately I think it's just fine. Um, But, you know, like why not like with hindsight being 2020, like, Yota Suji winning a title at Dominion this year would have been great. It would have catapulted him. He would have been a set guy. I mean, he's so great. The charisma, the moves, like he he's awesome. And um, so I I do think there are there's stuff like that where I mean I guess it's hard to tell because I mean I guess Gato had no idea to know that Suji was going to get that monstrous reaction that he that he got and has been getting. Uh, that he would be so over uh, coming back from excursion. Um, so I, I think there are some more chances that New Japan could take with the world title um, also from different, different guys. You know, you know, why didn't Will Ospreay get another title shot or another, another, another title run? Uh, there's some guys like that where it just like it makes all the sense in the world to put the world title on the guy, but for whatever reason, they'll, they kind of stick to what whatever plans they got. Less Commission 7252 asks, would you guys rather have blocks in the World Tag this year filled with eight teams in each block? They have created enough makeshift tag teams and original teams from each unit to put in this year's Tag League and possibly a team from Impact like ABC in Ace Austin and Chris Bay who are the current TNA Tag Team Champions and possibly one or two AEW Tag Teams. World Tag League can get stale sometimes, just like last year, but this year could be really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I think I would definitely want to see um, you know, the two-block format with uh, 16 teams. I, I don't want to do... Um, I'm not a huge fan of doing a single-block tournament just because you end up seeing a rematch for the finals and I would prefer you have two blocks so you can do a, a fresh final um, and get like a determinant winner that way um, 
so yeah, I think there there are definitely tons of teams that um, New Japan can bring in on top of the teams that they already have um, to fill out this uh, the World Tag League field. And I think based off of the dates, um, it seems like we are going to get a um, two-block, 16-team tournament. Um, but I disagree with last year's... Um, you know, t- uh, roster feeling stale. Um, so looking back, you know, we had a uh, Aussie Open, which was a, was their first World Tag League, which we had been like waiting on forever. You had Bishamon, who they're you know the uh, domestic ace tag team right now. You had TMDK, Hayson Nichols, very good team. You had Naito and Sonata, kind of a, a mega team. You had. Uh, Hanare and Great Okan from United Empire. Uh, the Bebop tag team, Yano and Tanahashi. Archer and Suzuki. Uh, uh, Suzuki Yoon. Uh, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, which, you know, you have to have how the torture in there. Fale and Owens. And then uh, the War Dogs, uh, Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin. So overall, this was a pretty good lineup for being a single block. Tournament. I mean, your only really duds there were Evil and Yujiro, Fale and Chase, and Tanahashi and um, Yano. Everybody else was um, a really fun team to watch, really solid tag team. Um, so I, I think um, some of these teams, obviously, will be back. Obviously, I think Bishamon, uh, TMDK, there will be some kind of United Empire team, um, maybe Suzuki and Nagata. Evil and Yujiro probably team together again. Um, and then, yeah, you got the, the War Dogs. And so, yeah, there's also a ton of other teams that they could uh, create and pull together. There's a lot of um, teams that from partner promotions. There's domestic tag teams they could potentially bring in. So, yeah, there's, there's a ton of teams out there. And, yeah, I would prefer to see um, a 2-8 team block. All right, last set of questions here from Barry Walsh. Uh, first is, I don't want to be putting down Dave Finley even more, but does Gabe Kidd seem more like a leader than he does? Uh, I mean, Gabe Kidd's awesome. Um, I, I think Gabe Kidd is super charismatic and really knows the character that he's in right now, this whole kind of madman, wild man who's running out just throwing stuff and wrecking people. And so um, his promos are great. You know, he's always talking trash. Um, so he just comes, comes up as this, this wild man. And I do think he, he could, he could make a great leader of war dogs. If you ever, you know, they're, if they're going to boot Finley out or Finley eventually is going to leave or something like that. I think, yeah, he's definitely the guy that I would make the, the, the front man of the group. Um, I think Finley overall has done fine um, being the, the Bullet Club leader. Um, it just hurts when, you know, his feuds are and matches are not as good as some of the guys under him. And um, especially and just the way that some of the, some of the fire these guys show. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, it's hard. I, we've, we've talked about the whole Finley thing. I think there's a lot of reasons why people are, are down on him and we suit and I talked about it last week. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, 
Gabe Kid's awesome and he could be a leader. Uh, Barry says, also, does the heel role suit Alex Coughlin or does something seem off of the character? I love Alex. I think he had a lot of gifts, but he doesn't seem like a natural heel to me. I'm not sure if his facial selling or something else, but it just doesn't feel as natural to me compared to the other three war dogs. I know not all heels are in your face shouting and dropping F-bombs all the time. But Alex, to me, seems more like a face role would suit him better. Am I alone in thinking this, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think um, Colin could be a great face, and we, we saw some of that on New Japan Strong in the feud with uh, J.R. Kratos. Um, I feel like people were really getting behind him, and you know he would hit those big suplexes on Kratos and, and get big pops. Um, so I think there's definitely... You can definitely do a baby face run of him, but I've, I've actually been liking him as a war dog in this heel role, teaming up with Gabe Kidd. Um, I I I, th- I think he's a guy that can go either way. Um, but I, I'm liking the character so far. Um, I think he's you know he's he's I think maybe it's hard because maybe you're trying to compare him to Gabe Kidd and um, Gabe Kidd, like he says, he, he's the madman and he's just, you know, completely wild. Um, and he has a ton of charisma, but I feel like Coughlin's been doing well in this role and him and Kid teaming together have been fun. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that the, the, the heel stuff isn't working for him thus far, but I do think, yeah, there could be a lot of money with him being, um, you know, a big bruiser baby face. Um, then Barry's last question with ZSJ aiming for 20 defenses and already defending the belt well into double figures. It got me thinking of Filthy Tom's tower run and what your take on it was now we are so long removed. I hadn't seen Tom before strong and I adore his style. I love the comedy elements he brings and he and he more than backs up his physicality. I love the title reign, but with Strong weekly disappearing and Tom not being in Japan in over a year, it's someone forgotten. It's somewhat forgotten about, which is a real shame. Is it just me, or do other fans also think it was a great run and or missing seeing Team Filthy Weekly? Um. So yeah. So Tom was in Japan in July for the uh, independent shows. Um. But yeah, that was his only uh, J- Japan booking this year. And yeah, I, I do think that Tom has been underutilized by New Japan. We've talked about this. You know, where is he? Like, why wasn't he in G One this year? Um, I, I thought he was very good in G One last year. Um, you know, why isn't he being brought over from more tours? And I know there there are there are budget issue, issues and only a certain amount of foreigners have been bringing over this year and all that stuff. But I do like feel like Philly Tom's a guy that. Um, could definitely mix things up. New Japan it will be uh, a fresh face and fresh matchups. Um, yeah, his strong title run was awesome. Uh, there's a reason why he won our New Japan of America uh, MVP award like two years in a row. Um, I mean, he was the face of that strong brand, um, and he had great matches. And that long title run was awesome. The the Fred Rosser matches the. The Renarita matches, uh, the Chris Dickinson matches. Uh, there, there were so many great stuff. The Fred Rosser, um, uh, yeah, there's so many great stuff in that title run. He, he faced off against Kojima. 
Um, he had a lot of really good um, TV title defenses with that strong title. And, yeah, I think it was a very memorable reign. I think it really helped establish credibility for the strong title. Um, and so when Rosser finally beat um, Tom, it, it was a big deal. Um, so, yeah, the reign was great. I, I do miss seeing Team Filthy Weekly. I, I think all those guys are guys that... I think all those guys are guys that can be uh, plugged into New Japan. I mean, uh, hopefully uh, West Coast Dragon Crew will be in World Tag League. I, I feel like Dane Limelight is talented enough to be in a best of Super Juniors. Tom uh, can be brought back for a G- G1. You can put him in a New Japan Cup. Um, he's the guy that would be uh, a welcome addition to the, the roster in Japan. Well, all right, that was uh, the last question there, and that is going to wrap the show up this week. So next week, hopefully, young boy will be uh, back to 100%, and uh, we will review Fighting Spirit Unleashed and Knights 2 through 5 of the Super Junior Tag League. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the keeping a strong style logo make sure to connect with us on social media on twitter the show is at ki strong style you can follow me at jeremy l donovan and follow the network at social suplex on facebook or facebook.com slash social suplex on instagram at social suplex on reddit i am the pro black guy just keeping a strong style you can email me jeremy at social suplex.com Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Samoitz. Imp's WWE Adventure, hosted by The Implications, Matthew Mayer. And stay tuned for new shows coming soon. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating interview. And we will catch you next week on Keeping a Strong Style, the ace of... Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.